This is a podcast for Functional Ecology at British Ecological Society publication. Hi, this is Laura Ferry, a senior editor with the journal Functional Ecology, and I'm speaking today with our Haldane Prize winner, Dr. Daniel Fitzgerald. Daniel is currently the science director for the Harpeth Conservancy in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a conservancy that focuses on river conservation. And Daniel's paper, Using Trophic Structure to Reveal Patterns of Trait-Based Community Assembly Across Niche Dimensions, was the most recent Haldane Prize winner for the journal Functional Ecology. Thank you for joining us, Daniel. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm honored to receive the award, and I I really appreciate the time that the editors must have put into the selection process. Well, thank you, Daniel. And we're very thrilled to have you as a winner uh, because I'm very excited about the work that your research represents. Uh, Can you tell us a bit more about your paper and its main findings? Yes, I think it helps to start with the context of how this study came about. Um, This study was conducted in the Shingu River, which is a large tributary of the Amazon that is dominated by a series of rapids. And there's an extremely diverse and endemic group of fishes that inhabit these rapids. And as I was thinking about what might structure community assembly in that system, on the one hand, you have strong hydrologic forces from the rapids that would tend to push species towards more functionally similar forms. Um, Species around the world that exist in rapids tend to have streamlined bodies, dorsoventrally compressed bodies that help with hydrodynamics. On the other hand, the diversity of the system uh, suggests that there must be some niche dimension that species are partitioning to coexist. And there's a lot of evidence from other regions in the tropics that fishes partition their niches along trophic dimensions. So with that in mind, I, I set out to sort of tease that apart and test whether we could pick up these different signals of mechanisms within the assembly process. And I did that by combining functional morphology approaches with stable isotopes. And I used stable isotopes as a measure of relative trophic position. And then I looked at how functional traits correlation to that relative position in trophic space related to their difference from random expectations in the community assembly process. And what I found was that traits that are more highly correlated to a species relative position in trophic space tended to be more functionally diverse in local assemblages. They were more dispersed from the mean values of traits, and they were also more evenly spaced, which is generally taken as an indication of um, competition excluding intermediate values. What I find fascinating about your paper personally, as a functional morphologist, is this integration you're describing between functional traits, which historically we in the field have studied primarily in the laboratory and just inferred what might be happening in the field. You've taken it into the field and you've actually tested hypotheses related to the consequences of these traits for an organism's ecology and evolution. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited that you've, you're taking functional morphology to the next level with this study. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that you picked up on that because that's what I feel is the major strength of this paper. And what I was trying to do with that was, I think we usually use functional morphology as a surrogate for different ecological measures that are maybe harder to obtain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. And it helps us 
understand more about the systems, but I was thinking if there was a way we could sort of explicitly incorporate a measure of ecological performance, it would help differentiate some of the patterns we see and maybe lead to a more mechanistic understanding. And so the way that I chose to do that was by using a measure of trophic ecology, um, stable isotope ratios in this case. But I think that same approach could be taken using a lot of different measures of ecological performance along different trait dimensions. So for example, you could do a similar study looking at how traits and their dispersion from random expectations relate to habitat features or how they may relate to some measure of metabolic performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, given that insight, what's next for you um, and your specific research within this sort of new paradigm that you're establishing? Well, there's a few directions that, that this work leads me in. I think the first is trying to see if the patterns that I found in the Shingu are generalizable. The Shingu is a pretty unique river globally. And the rapids that I was mentioning earlier, you know, that, that's a pretty strong uh, selective force in this system. So I'm curious if the patterns that I found here would translate to other hydrodynamic regimes, um, maybe in large floodplain rivers with a slower gradient or headwater streams or steep gradient mountainous streams. You know, do we see the same patterns across systems? Right. And then I also am, am curious in incorporating more phylogenetically explicit tests in this, this program. Um, I think there are real differences between the evolutionary timescales of community assembly and the ecological timescales. And specifically in the Shingu, I think that, that those differences may reveal a lot about the structures that maintain such a high level of diversity in a system like the Amazon. Right. Very interesting. Well, with that, Daniel, I thank you for joining us this morning, and I wish you nothing but the greatest success with your continuing and ongoing research program. Congratulations again on being the Haldane Prize winner um, for the journal Functional Ecology, and I hope that we might be seeing more of your research soon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and it was a pleasure speaking with you.